0: section three of lives of the most eminent painters sculptors and architects volume seven by giorgio visari translation by gaston de c de vere this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by rita boutros section three life of niccolo coltribalon sculptor and architect part three now in order that i may not become confused in describing the intricacies of the aqueducts and of the ornaments of the fountains it may be well to say briefly some few words about the site and position of castello the villa of castello stands at the roots of monte morello below the villa della topaia which is halfway up the slope it has before it a plain that descends little by little for the space of a mile and a half down to the river arno and exactly where the ascent of the mountain begins stands the palace which was built in past times by Pier francesco de medici after a very good design the principal front faces straight towards the south overlooking a vast lawn with two very large fish-ponds full of running water which comes from an ancient aqueduct made by the romans in order to conduct water from val de marina to florence and provided with a vaulted cistern under the ground, and so it has a very beautiful and very pleasing view. The fish-ponds in front are divided in the middle by a bridge twelve braccia wide, which leads to an avenue of the same width, bounded at the sides and covered above by an unbroken vault of mulberry trees, ten braccia in height, thus making a covered avenue three hundred braccia in length, delightful for its shade which opens on to the high road to prato by a gate placed between two fountains that serve to give water to travellers and animals on the eastern side the same palace has a very beautiful pile of stable buildings and on the western side a private garden into which one goes from the courtyard of the stables passing straight through the ground floor of the palace by way of the halls and chambers on the level of the ground from which private garden one can enter by a door on the west side into another garden very large and all filled with fruit trees and bounded by a forest of fir trees that conceals the houses of the labourers and others who live there engaged in the service of the palace and of the gardens Next, that part of the palace which faces north, towards the mountain, has in front of it a lawn as long as the palace, the stables, and the private garden, all together. And from this lawn one climbs by steps to the principal garden, a place enclosed by ordinary walls, which, rising in a gentle slope, stretches so well clear of the palace as it rises, that the midday sun searches it out, and bathes it all with its rays as if there were no palace in front, and at the upper end it stands so high, that it commands a view not only of the whole palace, but also of the plain that is in front and around it, and likewise about the city. In the middle of this garden is a forest of very tall and thickly planted cypresses, laurels and myrtles, which, laid out in a circular shape, have the form of a labyrinth all surrounded by box-hedges, two braccia and a half in height, so even and grown with such beautiful order that they have the appearance of a painting done with a brush, in the centre of which labyrinth, at the desire of the duke, Tribolo, as will be described below, made a very beautiful fountain of marble. At the principal entrance, where there is the first-mentioned lawn, with the two fish-ponds and the avenue covered with mulberry-trees, tribolo wished that the avenue should be so extended that it might stretch for a distance of more than a mile covered and shaped in like manner as far as the river arno and that the waters which ran away from all the fountains flowing gently in pleasant channels at the sides of the avenue and filled with various kinds of fishes and crayfish might accompany it down to that river as for the palace to describe what has still to be done as well as that which has been finished he wished to make a loggia in front of it which passing by an open courtyard was to have on the side where the stables are another palace as large as the old one with the same proportion of apartments logi, private garden and the rest which addition would have made it a vast palace with a most beautiful facade after passing the court from which one enters into the large garden of the labyrinth at the main entrance where there is a vast lawn after climbing the steps that lead to that labyrinth there came a level space thirty brachia square on which there was to be and has since been made a very large fountain of white marble which was to spout upwards above ornaments fourteen brachia in height while from the mouth of a statue at the highest point was to issue a jet of water rising to the height of six brachia at either end of the lawn was to be a loggia one opposite to the other each thirty brachia in length and fifteen in breadth and in the middle of each loggia was to be placed a marble table twelve braccia in length and on the outside a basin of eight braccia which was to receive the water from a vase held by two figures in the middle of the above-mentioned labyrinth tribolo had thought to achieve the most decorative effect with water by means of jets and a very beautiful seat round the fountain the marble basin of which was to be even as it was afterwards made much smaller than that of the large principal fountain and at the summit it was to have a figure of bronze spouting water at the end of this garden in the centre there was to be a gate with some children of marble on both sides spouting water with a fountain on either side and in the corners double niches in which statues were to be placed as in the others that are in the walls at the sides at the opposite ends of the avenues that cross the garden which are all covered with greenery distributed in various ways through the above-mentioned gate which is at the upper end of this garden above some steps one enters into another garden as wide as the first but of no great depth in the direct line in comparison with the mountain beyond in this garden were to be two other logi, one on either side and in the wall opposite to the gate which supports the soil of the mountain there was to be in the centre a grotto with three basins with water playing into them in imitation of rain The grotto was to be between two fountains placed in the same wall, and opposite to these in the lower wall of the garden were to be two others, one on either side of the gate, so that the fountains of this garden would have been equal in number to those of the other, which is below it, and receives its water from the first, which is higher and this garden was to be all full of orange trees which would have had and will have whenever that may be a most favourable situation being defended by the walls and by the mountain from the north wind and other harmful winds From this garden, one climbs, by two staircases of flint, one on either side, to a forest of cypresses, fir-trees, home-oaks, laurels, and other evergreen trees, distributed with beautiful order, in the middle of which, according to Tribolo's design, there was to be a most lovely fish-pond, which has since been made. And because this part, gradually narrowing, forms an angle, that angle, to the end that it might be made flat, was to be blunted by the breadth of a loggia, from which, after climbing some steps, might be seen in front the palace, the gardens, the fountains, and all the plain below and about them, as far as the ducal villa of Poggio a Florence, Prato, Siena, and all that is around for many miles now the above-named maestro pietro de san cassiano having carried his work of the aqueduct as far as castello and having turned into it all the waters of castellina was overtaken by a violent fever and died in a few days whereupon Tribolo, undertaking the charge of directing all the building by himself, perceived that, although the waters brought to Castello were in great abundance, nevertheless they were not sufficient for all that he had made up his mind to do, not to mention that, coming from Castellina, they did not rise to the height that he required for his purposes. Having therefore obtained from the Lord Duke a commission to conduct thither the waters of Petreia, a place more than one hundred and fifty braccia above Castello, which are good and very abundant, he caused a conduit to be made, similar to the other, and so high that one can enter into it, to the end that thus those waters of Petreia might come to the fish-pond through another aqueduct with enough fall for the fish-pond and the great fountain. This done, Tribolo began to build the above-mentioned grotto, proposing to make it with three niches, in a beautiful architectural design, and likewise the two fountains, that were one on either side of it. In one of these there was to be a large statue of stone, representing Mont Asenayon, which, pressing its beard, was to pour water from its mouth into a basin that was to be in front of it from which basin the water issuing by a hidden channel and passing under the wall was to flow to the fountain that there is at the present day behind the wall at the end of the slope of the garden of the labyrinth pouring into the vase on the shoulder of the figure of the river Mugnoni, which is in a large niche of grey stone decorated with most beautiful ornaments and all covered with sponge stone. This work, if it had been finished in all its perfection, even as it is in part, would have had great similarity to the reality, since the Mugnoni rises from Monte Asinello. For the Mugnoni, then, to describe that which has been done, Cibolo made a figure of grey stone, four braccia in length. And reclining in a very beautiful attitude, which has upon one shoulder a vase that pours water into a basin, and rests the other on the ground, leaning upon it, with the left leg crossed over the right. And behind this river is a woman representing Fiesole, wholly naked, issuing from among the sponge stones and rocks in the middle of the niche, and holding in the hand a moon, which is the ancient emblem of the people of Fiesole below this niche is a very large basin supported by two great capricorns which are one of the devices of the duke from which capricorns hang some festoons and masks of great beauty and from their lips issues the water from that basin which is convex in the middle and has outlets at the sides and all the water that overflows pours away from the sides through the mouths of the capricorns and then after falling into the hollow base of the vase flows through the herb beds that are round the walls of the garden of the labyrinth where there are fountains between the niches and between the fountains espaliers of oranges and pomegranates In the second garden described above, where Tribolo had intended that there should be made the Monte Esseneio that was to supply water to the Mugnoni, there was to be on the other side, beyond the gate, a similar figure of the Monte della Falterona, and even as this mountain is the source of the river Arno, so the statue representing that river in the garden of the labyrinth, opposite to the Mugnoni, was to receive the water from the Falterona but since neither the figure of that mountain nor its fountain has ever been finished let us speak of the fountain and figure of the river arno which were completed by tribolo to perfection this river then holds its vase upon one thigh lying down and leaning with one arm on a lion which holds a lily in its paw and the vase receives its water through the perforated wall behind which there was to be the falterona exactly in the manner in which as has been described the statue of the river Mugnoni also receives its water and since the long basin is in every way similar to that of the Mugnoni, i shall say no more about it save this that it is a pity that the art and excellence of these works which are truly most beautiful are not embodied in marble Then, continuing the work of the conduit, Tribalow caused the water from the grotto to pass under the orange garden, and then under the next garden, and thus brought it into the labyrinth, where, forming a circle round all the middle of the labyrinth, in a good circumference round the centre, he laid down the central pipe, through which the fountain was to spout water after which, taking the waters from the Arno and the Mugnone, and bringing them together under the level of the labyrinth by means of certain bronze pipes that were distributed in beautiful order throughout that space, he filled that whole pavement with very fine jets, in such a manner that it was possible by turning a key to drench all those who came near to see the fountain nor is one able to escape either quickly or with ease because tribelot made round the fountain and the pavement in which are the jets a seat of grey-stone supported by lion's paws between which are sea-monsters in low relief which was a difficult thing to do because he chose since the place was sloping and the square lay on the slant to make it level and the same with the seat Having then set his hand to the fountain of the labyrinth, he made on the shaft in marble an interwoven design of sea-monsters cut out in full relief, with tails intertwined so well that nothing better of that kind could be done and this finished he executed the tazza with a piece of marble brought long before to castello together with a large table also of marble from the villa dell'Antella antella which monsignor ottaviano de medici formerly bought from giuliano salviati by reason of this opportunity then tribolo made that tazza sooner than he might otherwise have done fashioning round it a dance of little children attached to the moulding which is beside the lip of the tazza which children are holding festoons of products of the sea cut out of the marble with beautiful art and so also the shaft which he made over the tazza he executed with much grace with some very beautiful children and masks to spout water upon that shaft it was the intention of tribolo to place a bronze statue three braccia high representing florence in order to signify that from the above-named mounts Asceneo and Falterona, the waters of the arno and Mugnone come to florence of which figure he had made a most beautiful model which pressing the hair with his hands caused water to pour forth then having brought the water as far as the space thirty braccia square below the labyrinth he made a beginning with the great fountain which made with eight sides was to receive all the above-mentioned waters into its lowest basin namely those from the waterworks of the labyrinth and likewise those of the great conduit each of these eight sides then rises above a step one-fifth of a brachio in height and each angle of the eight sides has a projection as have also the steps which thus projecting rise at each angle in a great step of two-fifths of a braccio in such a way that the central face of the steps withdraws into the projections and their straight line is thus broken which produces a bizarre effect and makes the ascent very easy The edges of the fountain have the shape of a vase, and the body of the fountain, that is, the inner part where the water is, curves in the form of a circle. The shaft begins with eight sides, and continues with eight seats almost up to the base of the tazza, upon which are seated eight children of the size of life all in the round and in various attitudes who linked together with the legs and arms make a rich adornment and a most beautiful effect and since the tazza which is round projects to the extent of six brachia the water of the whole fountain pouring equally over the edge on every side sends a very beautiful rain like the drippings from a roof into the octagonal basin mentioned above and those children that are on the shaft of the tatza are not wedded and they appear to be there in order not to be wedded by the rain almost like real children full of delight and playing as they shelter under the lip of the tatza which could not be equalled in its simplicity and beauty Opposite to the four paths that intersect the garden are four children of bronze lying at play in various attitudes, which are after the designs of Tribolo, although they were executed afterwards by others. Above this tazza begins another shaft, which has at the foot, on some projections, four children of marble in the round, who are pressing the necks of some geese that spout water from their mouths and this water is that of the principal conduit coming from the labyrinth and rises exactly to this height above these children is the rest of the shaft of this pedestal which is made with certain cartouches which spurt forth water in a most bizarre manner and then regaining a quadrangular form it rises over some masks that are very well made above this then is a smaller tatsa, on the lip of which on all four sides are fixed by the horns four heads of capricorns making a square which spout water through their mouths into the large tazza together with the children in order to make the rain which falls as has been told into the first basin which has eight sides still higher there follows another shaft adorned with other ornaments and with some children in half-relief who projecting outwards form at the top a round space that serves as base to the figure of a hercules who is crushing antaeus which was designed by tribolo and executed afterwards by others as will be related in the proper place from the mouth of this antaeus he intended that instead of his spirit there should gush out through a pipe water in great abundance as indeed it does which water is that of the great conduit of petreia which comes with much force and rises sixteen brachia above the level where the steps are and makes a marvellous effect in falling back into the greater tata in that same aqueduct, then, come not only those waters from Petraia, but also those that go to the fish-pond and the grotto, and these, uniting with those from Castellina, go to the fountains of the Falterona and the Monte Aseneo, and thence to the fountains of the Arno and Mugnone, as has been related, after which being reunited at the fountain of the labyrinth they go to the centre of the great fountain where are the children with the geese from there according to the design of Tribolon, they were to flow through two distinct and separate conduits into the basins of the logis, where the tables are and then each into a separate private garden the first of these gardens that towards the west is all filled with rare and medicinal plants wherefore at the highest level of that water in that garden of simples in the niche of the fountain and behind a basin of marble there was to be a statue of the principal fountain described above then was completely finished in marble by tribolo and carried to the finest and greatest perfection that could be desired in a work of this kind Wherefore I believe that it may be said with truth that it is the most beautiful fountain, the richest, the best proportioned, and the most pleasing that has ever been made, for the reason that in the figures, in the vases, in the tatsi, and in short, throughout the whole work, are proofs of extraordinary diligence and industry." after this having made the model of the above-mentioned statue of esculapius tribolo began to execute it in marble but being hindered by other things he did not finish that figure which was completed afterwards by the sculptor antonio di gino his disciple On the side, towards the east, in a little lawn without the garden, Tribolo arranged an oak in a most ingenious manner, for besides the circumstance that it is so thickly covered both above and all around with ivy, intertwined among the branches, that it has the appearance of a very dense grove, one can climb up it by a convenient staircase of wood, similarly covered with ivy, at the top of which, in the middle of the oak, there is a square chamber surrounded by seats, the backs of which are all of living verdure, and in the centre is a little table of marble with a vase of variegated marble in the middle, from which, through a pipe, there flows and spurts into the air a strong jet of water, which, after falling, runs away through another pipe. These pipes mount upwards from the foot of the oak so well hidden by the ivy that nothing is seen of them, and the water can be turned on or off at pleasure by means of certain keys. Nor is it possible to describe in full in how many ways that water of the oak can be turned on, in order to drench any one at pleasure with various instruments of copper not to mention that with the same instruments one can cause the water to produce various sounds and whistlings finally all these waters after having served so many different purposes and supplied so many fountains are collected together and flow into the two fish-ponds that are without the palace at the beginning of the avenue and thence to other uses of the villa nor will i omit to tell what was the intention of tribolo with regard to the statues that were to be as ornaments in the great garden of the labyrinth in the niches that may be seen regularly distributed there in various spaces he proposed then acting in this on the judicious advice of monsignor benedetto varchi who has been in our times most excellent as poet orator and philosopher that at the upper and lower ends there should be placed the four seasons of the year spring summer autumn and winter and that each should be set up in that part where its particular season is most felt at the entrance on the right hand beside the winter and in that part of the wall which stretches upwards were to go six figures that were to demonstrate the greatness and goodness of the house of medici and to denote that all the virtues are to be found in duke cosimo and these were justice compassion valour nobility wisdom and liberality which have always dwelt in the house of medici and are all united together at the present day in the most excellent lord duke in that he is just compassionate valorous noble wise and liberal and because these qualities have made the city of florence as they still do strong in laws peace arms science wisdom tongues and arts and also because the said lord duke is just in the laws compassionate in peace, valorous in arms, noble through the sciences, wise in his encouragement of tongues and other culture, and liberal to the arts, Tribolo wished that on the other side from the justice, compassion, valor, nobility, wisdom, and liberality, on the left hand, as will be seen below, there should be these other figures, laws, peace, arms, sciences, tongues, and arts." and it was most appropriately arranged that in this manner these statues and images should be placed as they would have been above the arno and Mugnone in order to signify that they do honour to florence it was also proposed that in the pediments there should be placed portrait busts of men of the house of medici one in each over justice for example the portrait of his excellency that being his particular virtue over compassion that of the magnificent giuliano over valour signor giovanni over nobility the elder lorenzo over wisdom the elder cosimo or clement the seventh and over liberality pope leo and in the pediments on the other side it was suggested that there might be placed other heads from the house of medici or of persons of the city connected with that house but since these names make the matter somewhat confused they have been placed here in the following order level one reading across summer the munione gate the arno and spring Next level down, reading vertically, arts, tongues, sciences, arms, peace, laws. Moving to the right, reading vertically, logia. Moving to the right, reading vertically again, logia. And moving to the right, reading vertically, liberality, wisdom, nobility, valor, compassion, justice next level down reading horizontally autumn gate loggia gate winter all these ornaments would have made this in truth the richest the most magnificent and the most ornate garden in europe But these works were not carried to completion, for the reason that Tribolo was not able to take measures to have them finished while the duke was in the mind to continue them, as he might have done in a short time, having men in abundance and the duke ready to spend money, and not suffering from those hindrances that afterwards stopped him. The duke, indeed, not being contented at that time with the great quantity of water that is to be seen there, was thinking of trying to obtain the water of Valseni, which is very abundant, in order to join it with the rest, and then to conduct it from Castello by an aqueduct similar to the one which he had made to the piazza in front of his palace in Florence. And of a truth, if this work had been pressed forward by a man with greater energy and more desire of glory, it would have been carried at least well on. But since Tribolo, besides that he was much occupied with various affairs of the duke's, had not much energy, nothing more was done. And in all the time that he worked at Castello, he did not execute with his own hand anything save the two fountains with the two rivers, the Arno and the Mugnoni, and the statue of Fiesole. This arising from no other cause, so far as one can see, but his being too much occupied, as has been related, with the many affairs of the duke. End of section three. Part three.